Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Loki season two episode one is here and boy oh boy are we glad about it okay we've been waiting on this forever forever it, and you know what it seems like secret invasion actually didn't end too long ago but it also feels like forever ago I've been going through some Marvel withdrawals okay but I'm back they're back and we got plenty plenty to talk about okay y'all Disney is finally giving us the Marvel shows at the same time. Now, you know, it used to be where the people uh, on Eastern time didn't get it to 3 a.m. while the people on the West Coast got it at midnight. It was all kinds of good bullshit, okay? But now we all get it at the same time thanks to the success of Ahsoka, okay? You know what? I like that. I like being able to wake up, not worry about spoilers, and just sit down and watch the episode. The downside is I got like six minutes to turn around an episode for y'all because I still want to put it out the next day. Woo! It's a lot, okay? But you know what? That's neither here nor there. Before you get into this episode, drop down to the bottom of your screen or the top if we're on Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review. You know we love those. It's your new episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it! right you're listening to reality and comics 2 the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted tv and film i'm kendrick but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek you want some hot takes about the real housewives or love island or maybe you want some hilarious insight on the marvel cinematic universe or hbo's white lotus or euphoria well you're in the right place grab a cocktail sit back and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me Boy, these next five weeks are going to be rough, okay? Rough. Trying to sit there. You know, I like to, I've told y'all a million times, when it comes to Disney Plus shows, they've never come out at this set time before, so I used to love to watch it the first time, luxuriate in it, enjoy it, you know, love it, you know, and then later on that day, I would come back, watch it again, take my notes, and then record the episode. I no longer have that luxury, but I do like watching it with everybody else, even though all my friends weren't available to watch the shit. That's okay. I'm not mad at y'all. Y'all some hoe ass bitches, but that's okay. Um, I watched Loki season two, episode one. I figure I'll do these uh, kind of episodes. I'll still try to get them out the next day. Now, look, 
If I ever got to delay a little bit, y'all just going to have to bear with me, okay? I'm trying my hardest. I'm going to still try to get them out very next day. I know that's how we like the Marvel episodes. I'm going to try, okay? Just a little bit, just a little aggressive, especially since I got to get on a plane at 6 some in the morning. So, whoo, I'm trying, okay? I'm trying. Now, look, I figured the first little piece of this episode will kind of just be like a, a guttural reaction to the episode. Just a couple little things that... Uh, I noted how I feel about it, what I thought, I'll kind of rate it, and then I'll go into like kind of recapping it. Don't expect these episodes to be like too terribly long. I just want to jump in, give the gist, you know, let the ancestors move. It, the, the, the spirit of uh of Odin's son is in me today. The spirit of Sojourner Truth and uh, Loki Laufus is all up in me, okay? um, I really enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed it. I thought that... Hmm, it, you can tell it wasn't the same, like, director involved. To me, there it, it really felt like there was some kind of tonal shift from episode one, I'm sorry, from season one to season two, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know, I, I y'all know, when I first watched Loki season one, I wasn't the biggest fan. It's grown on me over time, but I wasn't the biggest fan at first, so I don't mind a shift. But so, I, this, okay. I want to know y'all's thoughts. So, especially if you're on Spotify, because that's the easiest way. Just drop me a, you know, question and answer. I can uh, drop me a question, give me a comments, all that kind of stuff. And I'll post it on the, the Spotify episode. But if you're on Apple, just leave me a five-star rating and review, okay? And then put it down in the comments. Or hit me a DM, you know, whatever y'all want to do. But um, I'm curious. For some reason, to me, it kind of feels... I, it's hard to say a horror, but... It feels more like a horror than whatever like genre season one was. Maybe suspense is what I should say, but I don't know. It felt a little. It felt like it was appropriate that it was coming out in Halloween and like October time. So I don't know. That's just the way it felt to me. If I had to put a ranking on this episode, I'll say this, which is kind of weird. wasn't expecting it, especially since my second time I have to take notes and constantly stop and start and stop and start and do all that. I think I enjoyed it more on my second viewing. So I think it went for me. My first viewing was a 7.5 out of 10. But then I think it bumped up to an 8 on my second viewing. I really liked that first episode. It gave me a lot of good stuff to grab on to. Uh, I liked the, the performances all the way around. The cast is so good on this show. It was good. And it felt like, you know, it's kind of prepping us for a lot of chaos to come for the rest of the season. We only got six episodes so total, so we'll have five more over the next few weeks. Woo! I ain't gonna get no sleep with this, okay? Um, let me see. It's, it was a lot of, a lot of, like, time lingo that was a little... I don't know. It got jargonistic after a while. I was like, okay, child, I'm, I'll wait for that. You know, I ain't going to rewind it. I'm going to just wait till I watch it again when I'm taking notes with closed caption on or something because it, it's a bit much. A whole lot of, you know, temporal looms and uh, extractors and, uh, you know, everything's changed. It's, it, it's, it's a little bit to grab on to, but once you kind of grab on to it, it's, it's, it's okay. I won't say nothing, you know. Uh, I don't mind the changing, you know, director, the changing time, like, all the kind of stuff. So, my biggest issue with the episode, which is why I kind of knocked it down by the two points, some of the dialogue 
seems like it could have been chopped to me. And you know my relationship with what I call dead air in season one. Just like when they would show people on screen not talking, not doing things, just kind of doing their own thing for way too long, I felt. And then we get into the dialogue. It felt like a lot of dead air where this season feels like a lot of empty dialogue. Like, clearly it's a thing for me. I don't know. But, like, one character in the episode would say something and it felt like the other person would, like, say it again or just say the same thing but put a question mark on it. And it's like, okay, get the fuck. Like, get to it. Get to it. Hurry up. Like, I'm, I'm snapping my fingers, doing my step. Like, come on, you got to get to it now. Because I, I hate that kind of stuff. Like, if you go take me through the episode, take me on the ride. And I felt like I'll get into it later, but I... I I I know what director could have gave us what we needed to have then, but I ain't going to say too much. Y'all know y'all some haters, so let me just jump into the episode, okay? Loki Season 2 Episode 1 picks up right where Season 1 ended. Now, before I get into what's actually going on, let me just say, they open up on a shot of, a, like, a statue of Kang the Conqueror. Let me just say this. Now, I, I don't want to be rude to nobody because y'all know how I feel about, you know, Jonathan Majors and his acting skills and his other attributes. <laughs> hey! And a couple things. Let, let me just say this. Um, This ain't to be rude or nothing like that. And if he ever agrees to come on the podcast, I'm going to delete all this shit. But all faces aren't meant to be memorialized. Do that make sense? Like, all faces shouldn't be stat Like, it, like, him and Jay-Z both, like, you, if you really, they really the same person, but with, you know, different complexions, but I don't know. Something about that face in a statue form is a little bit haunting, but, you know, maybe that's what they're going for. It's kind of a, a scary show now, so I don't know. You know what? Let me leave Jonathan Majors alone. Loki has just talked to Mobius and uh, Hunter B-15, and they have no idea who he is. So now he's being chased all through the TVA. In the background, you clearly see, like, a defined huge statue of Kang the Conqueror. Remember, this used to be three statues of uh, the Timekeepers, but that changed once Sylvie killed He Who Remains. He can't figure out why they don't remember him, but once they have him cornered, he jumps off the side of the building and lands in a mail cart that's flying through the, like, you know, through the, not the TVA, but like the, the land of the TVA, I don't know. And it crashes like slightly into that big Kang statue, and then it lands into another part of the TVA where Casey, remember him? He was heavily introduced in episode one of the last season, and some other TVA employees are. It's important to note that later on in the episode, there's going to be a, like a, a big, there's a big monitor and like it's cracked the middle of the floor. It's falling from the ground. It's orange and it, it cracked the floor. And that's important later on because Loki's going to ask Casey about this crack. And that kind of helps to signal whether he's in the past, the present or the future. You know, we, we jump a lot between all of those in this episode, which is also Sylvie's fault because time at one point didn't exist in the TVA. Once again, Casey doesn't remember Loki, and Casey picks up that damn communicator and he snitches his ass off before Loki ends up time slipping again and is now in the same room, but this time, it's only him and Casey, and Casey actually remembers him. We do this dance a lot during the episode since Loki is, like, slipping through time the entire time. Uh, Loki asks where Mobius and B-15 are, but before Casey can actually give him an answer... He time slips again, and he's gone. We'll define time slipping kind of a little later in the episode. 
Whew, if we can, child, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of terminology in this episode, but just know that he's slipping through time. It's just what it sounds like, okay? There ain't no damn rocket science. If I say I'm eating cookies, then, well, okay, well, no, that's, <laughs> that's a bad example. Okay, let me see. If I'm eating a boil bag, then you know a boil bag is being ate by me. Same kind of situation. Time slipping so that you know he's slipping through time, okay? Even though time didn't exist in the TVA a little while ago. Shout out to Sylvie, who didn't all this shit up. After the opening credits, we cut to Hunter B-15 and Mobius talking about their next steps. B-15 says they should just tell everybody the truth and about them being variants and they saw Renslayer on the timeline and all that kind of stuff. But then Casey runs up to them and tells them, I just saw Loki. Now remember, last time that this Mobius saw Loki, he was still in the void with all the other Lokis trying to kill Elias. And, you know, him and Sylvia would go enchant them and all the kind of stuff. If you don't remember none of that, go back and listen to all of my Get Ready With Me episodes about season two of Loki, okay? I dropped, I dropped three episodes. It's all about season one. I get into the things, okay? So y'all go back and listen to that. As they're talking to Casey, they're interrupted by another hunter who we've never seen before. And his name is Hunter X5. Keep the name in mind because he, he's going to come up a lot in this season, okay? This guy, he appeared, like, in the trailer a good amount, so I would expect to see him a lot. And he has some weird-ass moments in this episode that we'll talk about when we get there. He asked Mobius about jet skis, but he's being pretty, like, facetious because he's actually coming to get them. Apparently, now that Ravonna Renslayer is gone, remember, she left in episode six of last season when Mobius came in there and she kicked him dead in his chest, and then she opened up that portal and she walked through. She had all the information about the beginning of the time, and she walked through, okay? That won't be the last we kind of hear about uh, Ravonna Renslayer, so y'all keep her name in mind. But apparently while she's gone, they have a whole new, like, judges council. So there's General Docs and there's Judge Gamble, and they want to see them up in the war room. So they follow X-15 and they get in the elevator. But right as they get in the elevator... Loki time slips and he appears right in front of Casey again, who tells him, okay, well, they just left. They went up to the war room. Loki is still time slipping, but he manages to get to this war room that they keep talking about, but it's empty. Obviously, he's not in the present like the other ones are. He appears to be in the past because the war room even looks different. Like there are five enormous busts of Kang's head on the wall, which is not how the room currently looks. Like now it's like just like a, a motif on the wall. Back in the present, or in the future, child, I don't really know, okay? Back to wherever the hell B-15 and Mobius are that we know, the ones we know. They're in the war room listening to an audio of Loki telling, like, everybody about what the TVA truly is. About how everybody, like, had a life before the TVA, like, all that kind of stuff. Judge Gamble asked them why, like, they want to tell people to stop pruning timelines when, like, clearly, if you look at the picture, all the timelines are branching and it's causing all kinds of chaos. They're taking B-15 to task, but Gamble is saying that other hunters have seen, like, all the other variants on the timeline and that, you know, it, it's making sense what B-15 is saying. Her story checks out. B-15 is telling everyone that they had lives on the timeline, and this is when Mobius and X-5, the guy that came to get them, argue about whether or not the sky is falling and the world is ending. But then Docs, you know, the general Docs, and B-15, they argue about what the TVA has been doing all along. B-15 tells them the truth, okay? Y'all been mass killing folk this whole time. We don't need to be branching timelines, and then y'all just killing more people, okay? 
Gamble is having a hard time coming to terms with what she's been doing, like basically evil work. She said that she's always been told to find people guilty because the timekeepers basically deemed it so. Finally, Gamble agrees with everything that B-15 is saying, and she makes an announcement for everyone to stop pruning immediately. I just want to say, I think this is my favorite scene of the episode. I love Wanri Masaku, a.k.a. Hunter B-15, and her performance is like, it's always 10 out of 10 across the board, okay? But this is her best, like, delivered speech of the series. But aside from the acting, like, visually, this scene is amazing because it feels like, it really feels like it's snatched from, like, a futuristic, like, sci-fi movie that we've all seen in the past. Like, where the council in a futuristic movie is kind of confronting all of the minions that aren't doing the correct job. Like, they're taking turns speaking into their, like, individual mics, and then the light turns on behind them as they speak, and it's all about protocol and decorum and all this kind of stuff. It's just visually very, very cool. So, if you haven't paid attention to that scene, just watch it. Notice the acting, because one me needs, like, some kind of award for her performance always. Uh, look for like the visuality of it all. Like look for the, the lights, the, 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 the things they're speaking into in front of them. Just look for it all. Child, one of them judges, now they say it's a council. One of the judges was sleep the whole time. Now Gamble was up there, uh, wondering why they had these young folk coming up to her trying to get refunds and stuff. You know, they, <laughs> them people, she don't even know them damn people. The other one got a badass attitude and it looked like she fucking on this younger, uh, uh, the Hunter X5. So they nasty. So he need to wake his ass up. It's like Hot Bench. Do it and y'all watch Hot Bench. Y'all know I watch, I love a judge show, okay? I love turn when I get home, if I get home from like a day of work, I turn it on hot bench, see what they doing. They always hollering at somebody, but it was a good time, okay? I like me some hot bench. Anyway, during the scene when B-15 is like explaining her actions before the new judge's council, we're actually cutting back and forth between the scene, like that one and Loki's scene in another war room with all the Kang heads on the wall. He presses play on a recording on the speaker system on the wall, and Kang is talking to what we end up finding out is Ravana Renslayer. Remember, they go together real bad in the comics, okay? So this ain't nothing new. Kang says, you are quite a marvel. I will be proud to lead with you. You made a difference in this war. Thank you for being on my team. I know that's right. Loki goes to rewind even further back, and we hear Kang say, for us. For all time. And then Judge Renslayer said, always. I know that's right, girl. You better stand up for your man. Stand up. You a real live making good. Anyway, so now we know at some point they wind up together in the MCU. Loki finally time slips into the same scene as B-15 and Mobius. And he's trying to tell them like everything that's happened. That's when he noticed the wall and he said, you know, he sees that Kang isn't on it. It's that like damn motif or whatever. He goes towards it, and Hunter X5 goes to stop him, but Loki, like, bests him. He takes his time stick, which is, like, the pruner or whatever, and uh, he slams it into the wall so that the real wall underneath is revealed. Child, everybody in the room, mouth wide open, face stuck, looking dumb, all that kind of stuff. Child, he passionately he tells them people, that's who stole your life. That's who's coming. Look. 
That season finale shook Loki the fuck up, okay? Loki don't know what's going on. He just know he's scared, okay? He's scared. He's trying to make it back to Asgard, make it back to his brother, make it back to his mama before she die. You know, his daddy go die. Damn it, Thor might die. So, you know, he got to get back before some people die. He's trying to get back on the planet. He's trying to have a little, you know, a little something-something before some people die, okay? Ain't nothing wrong with that. By the way, this little creepy-ass embrace between Docs and X-5 yuck okay it's like an incense it's, it's incestuous ass like relationship between a mom and a dad i don't even know who these people is like in relationship to each other but it's nasty okay i don't like that anyway this is where some of my criticism comes in loki is like telling a story about basically the season one finale because you know they don't know what happened in that citadel you know we found kang she killed them they're all coming you know same old yada 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 but this dialogue it gets, hmm, uh, uh, it gets like real repetitive, okay? Some of the jokes and, you know, doing all that, but like the actual dialogue of like, you know, uh, Loki will say something and then Mobius repeats it and then he asks it again, but like says it as a question like, oh, that happened and all like that. And then Loki states it again. He says, oh, yeah, well, yeah. And then this happened and it just starts the whole vicious cycle again. You know what? This episode could have been it really could have benefited if Shonda Rhimes had shot this episode. Think of the pacing of a scandal or how to get away with murder when like she do the dialogue between characters and it's rushed. See, that's what they need. Cause they don't waste their time just repeating questions back to each other. Now nah, Olivia Pope going there, gladiators, we got an issue. What's the issue? We gotta go and do like this. Okay, well I'm gonna look into his past. Yeah, you look into his past and, and hook, you do this, 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 and that. Well, I can't do that because I don't know that. You have to. We have no choice. We have to go to the thing. And then if we don't, B fifty what is uh what is called uh 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 B B six I don't know what the shit you remember whatever her daddy was in. They're gonna come, they gonna kill us and all like that. Look. That's what they needed. They needed a little Shonda Rhimes to get into this episode, but they didn't have it, okay? When they moved, you know, they, they, they did their damn thing. Anyway, Mobius asked how he got into that room, and he basically said that he was time slipping, which Mobius doesn't believe at first, but then he sees it for his own eyes. Mobius wants to get him some help, so he says, okay, let's call Miss Minutes, and Loki was like, uh, uh, don't do it. We don't fuck with Miss Minutes, we don't like her. Remember, he knows that Miss Menace is working for the real evil because she was at the Citadel at the end of time in the season one finale. Remember, she was like, he says that if you just, you know, turn around and go away, then we'll put you on whatever timeline you want to be on. You could do it, yada, yada, yada. All that kind of stuff. So Mobius is like, okay, well, let's go to repairs and advancements, which is like, it take them like six elevators, uh, to get to, he can't even press all of them with his hands. Some he got to press with his feet, all kind of stuff. It, it take a while to get down there, but they finally get down to R and A. Not to be confused with T and A. <laughs> Boy, I cracked myself up. They get there, and it's important to note that Mobius says it's been a while since I've been here. Actually, I don't know if I've been, ever been here at all. This is when we meet a character named Ouroboros, or OB for short. He's played by uh my guy, uh, uh Hui, I think it's Kikwei Kwan. He's the one from uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once and from American Born Chinese, okay? I love both of them. Uh, Mobius apparently was like there for two seconds one time because he got off on the wrong floor. But since that was the only visitor he's ever had, he definitely remembers Mobius. And Mobius don't remember a damn thing, okay? 
This is when Loki time slips again and OB recognizes it, but he says he doesn't know how to fix it. That's when we first hear, oh, he's time slipping. Yeah, I just been saying it this whole time because damn it, we know what it is. He, uh, he really is a good actor. Like he, he is kind of amazing. Him and one me actually were like, to me, the standouts of this episode. Uh, Loki actually time slips to the past, but he's still in repairs and advancements. This is an important part of the episode because now we get to see just how jacked up the timeline and time in general is. Time did not exist in the TVA. Remember, that was one of the big, like, focal points of episode one of season one. Time don't work the same way in the TVA the way it works everywhere else. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe used Endgame, Avengers Endgame, to clearly, like, define how timelines and time travel and all this stuff kind of works. That look, according to that movie, it was if somebody went to the past and they screwed something up or whatever, it wouldn't change the future. It would just like create a branched timeline. In this sense, though, Loki talking to Obi in the past is like directly affecting the future. So Mobius will like act something in the future and he doesn't know. But then Loki will ask it in the past and they'll like figure out the answer. And suddenly the future version knows. So all kind of stuff is messed up because of Sylvia. They need to find Sylvia and whoop her mother. You know what, never mind. <laughs> when Loki asks about a possible fix for the time slipping, Obi says that if he had had like a guess on how to fix it, he would say that they would need a temporal aura extractor. Obi actually creates one in the past, then suddenly, pa-pow, it's there for Mobius in the future. They'll need to take it to the temporal loom so that the extractor can pull loki directly out of the time string see this is shit i'm talking about oh lord you get you gotta know a lot to, to to keep up with this shit but that's okay uh it's a two-man job apparently loki would have to uh basically prune himself at the exact moment when mobius like basically shoots the extractor at the temporal loom it's a lot okay once they're all back in the same room, they notice that the lamp is blinking and it's because there are power surges all throughout the TVA, which is obviously a bad sign because this never happens. All of these branching timelines is what's causing it. Hunter B-15 joins them because Mobius calls her down as they head to the temporal loom and they're all like, you know, as they're walking, they hear the sounds of a, something behind a huge door. It's like a big red door. They don't know what the hell coming from behind there, but obviously they do because they open it up. And uh, you can see out there, I guess that's what's called the temporal loom. But it's like where you see like a huge timeline and it's branching and all like that. And you can like access it from outside that window. You just got to open up the door and all kind of stuff. Child, I don't know, but that's, that's the way they explain it to us, okay? Obi tells Loki that it's now or never because once he closes those doors to the temporal loom, it's a wrap, and you just dead, my guy, okay? Obi gives Loki a little gadget, and he tells him that once it turns green, that means that Mobius has done the part that he needs to do, and now it's basically time for you to prune your damn self, okay? And you only got five minutes, go, bitch! You know, that's what he basically said. One of the hunters runs in and says that the folks upstairs, where B-15 just was, are assembling a task force solely to handle Sylvie. B-15 volunteers to go and handle that so that Loki and Mobius continue to do what they do. And, uh, you know, they want Loki to stop the time slipping and all that kind of stuff. Of course, he slips. Time slips right then in that moment. Goes somewhere else. He dropped the time stick because he couldn't take it with him because he was holding his hand. Uh, before, So now he has to, like, rush and find one before the gadget turns green. The plan is now underway. 
Mobius is in the spacesuit, headed out to the temporal loom so that the uh, to use the extractor. While Loki like frantically searches for a time stick, <laughs> while stuck in the future or the past or somewhere, child. Mobius completes his portion just fine, but that's when the gadget like that Loki's holding turns green, and obviously everybody is kind of panicking. But this is when we hear a telephone, not just a telephone, like a rotary phone ringing. He don't know where it's coming from, but I'm guessing, if I had to guess, I'm guessing Loki thinks that it must be like something to help him. So he goes looking for the phone, which eventually brings him by an elevator where Sylvie at that moment is prying it open with her bare hands. And she says, there you are. Right as she says that out of nowhere, someone from behind him prunes Loki, just like Ravana did Loki in episode four of season one. And it blasts him right back to Mobius and boom, mission completed, okay? Mission complete. Now they say all they need to do is find Sylvie because she's going to be the key to a lot of this shit. Back upstairs, Hunter B-15 sees all of these soldiers, these hunters, these men, this minute men headed out. And they're like, they just can't believe that all of this could possibly be for Sylvie. Something is amiss. A muck. A foot. We don't know what it is, but something is a missing muck of foot. Okay, we don't know what it is. We go. We go figure it out next episode. I in fact, if I got faith in anybody, I know Hunter B fifteen can do it. Damn it, I might go dress as Hunter B fifteen for Halloween this year. I just might do it. Hey, just like Miss Marvel, we get a post credit scene in the first episode. Remember that first post credit scene we got in the Disney Plus series? I'm pretty sure was Miss Marvel when um the not the TVA what's the other people called the bureau of damage control that's right damage control uh they come there and they're like looking for they see that video of Kamala at the Avenger fair Avenger con or whatever and they're like okay well we got to bring her in we finally get another one we got another first episode post credit scene this time it's Sylvie arriving arriving in I think it's called Broxton Broxton, Oklahoma, maybe in the year 18. No, Broxton, Oklahoma in the year 1982 in this awful branch timeline, child. She walks into a damn McDonald's and she seems just as happy as she can be. So she must not have been in no damn McDonald's before. Cause if you walking into McDonald's and you clutching your purse, you scared, you hoping don't about it, uh, uh, hold a gun up to your ass for a Big Mac. It's a lot going on in McDonald's. So I don't, I don't know why the hell she's smiling so goddamn hard. She goes up to the counter and she tells that little country ass white boy, no squirrel, no possum, no rats, something that's already dead and something that does not have a face. That boy said, girl, get some of these damn chicken nuggets and get the fuck out of my face. But Sylvia ain't even paying attention. She's just happy to be all on the timeline where she's not being hunted for once. Or so she thinks, okay? Hey, <laughs> she says she'll try everything. Now I know good and goddamn well she ain't got no damn money to buy no food. I hope she don't enchant that little boy and then he make him lose his job because the boss, Roger Bob, not Roger Bob, <laughs> shout out to all the Atlanta Housewives fans out there. Roger Bob go fire that young boy just because he didn't have, uh, 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 he didn't collect $3,000 from Sylvie because she out there eating real good off the menu, raggedy ass. Whoo, y'all, I still managed to give y'all half an hour episode and I am dog tired. This a lot, but I'm gonna try, it's only a five week commitment. I'm gonna try my hardest 
to do it, okay? I'll see y'all next week when we get and start learning more about the TVA post He Who Remains Dead, okay? Y'all, I've been Kendrick, and we'll see ya! Oh, wow! You sat through that entire episode? Well, aren't you special? You deserve a treat. Why don't you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review for free. Need to contact me? Email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast at realitycomics2. That's T-O-O. Reality and Comics 2 is a Cloud 10 and iHeartMedia podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.